Hello and welcome back to Leader Up, a podcast of Army Management Staff College. Leader Up is a professional conversation where we discuss a broad range of leadership and leader development topics with an emphasis on the Army civilian profession. I'm your host, David Howie. In today's episode, we're going to talk about business transformation. So Leader Up audience out there, do you know what business transformation is all about. Uh, after today's podcast, you're going to know at least a little bit more about it and why it's uh, relevant to you, the Army civilian professional. On today's episode, we have two guests. The first guest is Dr. Chuck Brandon, who is from the Army's Office of Business Transformation. And Dr. Brandon, welcome to Leader Up, and thank you for being here with us today. Excited to be here, Dave. And our second guest is uh, no stranger to our Leader Up audience. He's been on several past podcasts that we've done, and that's Dr. Larry Wilson. Dr. Wilson, uh, who is uh, a member of the Department of Academic Support and Distance Learning right here in Army Management Staff College. Dr. Wilson, welcome again to Leader Up, and thanks for being here. It's great to be here with you, David. Look forward to having a great discussion with you today. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. And um, I, I want to start off. Uh, I want to start off with you, Dr. Brandon, and just big picture question is, what is business transformation? Great question. It's often confused because we are a nonprofit organization in the Army. Army business transformation is not about how to create more profit, but it is about aligning the enterprise for sustained competitive advantage against our adversaries. Every single Army organization has a competitive theory. Uh, this theory is about what the organization does, which provides value to its customers. And we'll talk about customers at a later time. But these theories represent the status quo or how they do business right now. But we have to recognize that these theories and the status quo shifts over time. So as an organization's competitive theory changes, so too must the organization, its structures, its resource priorities, and its processes, and ultimately its culture. So Army Business Transformation focuses specifically on improving these business processes, structures, information technology that drive the institutional army. And just one other thought I would ask you to consider is that the institutional army generates those trained and ready land forces that fulfill a broad array of defense missions. The magnitude and scope of, of the Army's business transformation efforts make it one of the most complex projects ever attempted. The interdependencies between those functions, processes, systems, and data truly defy simple, direct solutions. So business transformation is a complex undertaking. And so you're from uh, something called the Office of Business Transformation, and you just kind of explained what business transformation itself is. What is the Office of Business Transformation? Great. The Office of Business Transformation is a direct report to the Undersecretary of the Army in support of his role as the Army's Chief Management Officer. 
And in that role, he is tasked to focus on, We are he in conjunction with OBT, are tasked with focusing on driving business transformation initiatives, performing Army business systems portfolio management, achieving an integrated management system throughout the Army, developing enterprise architectures, and ensuring continual business process improvement and reengineering. Uh, as we spoke to earlier, this is a multifaceted approach that enables the Army to preserve readiness and fulfill commitments key with lower budgets. We recognize that we must perform our activities faster, smarter, and cheaper to provide that trained and ready force, but do it at best value for the nation and for today and in the future. All right. Thank you for that. And um, I, I want to ask you about uh, a, a topic, an idea, a, a, a set of ideas that some folks out in our Leader Up audience might be familiar with that was talked about a lot going back maybe 10, 15, 20 years in the Army. And these terms get kind of put together uh, sometimes, and I, I think they're different, and I'm going to let you explain it, but it's Lean and Six Sigma and Lean Six Sigma and so how are those concepts related to business transformation? That's a very good question because it's often confusing thinking that Lean Six Sigma is one methodology. And in fact, Lean and Six Sigma are two methodologies. Whereas Lean focuses on eliminating waste, Six Sigma focuses on reducing variation. So if you think about it from a business transformation perspective, where transformation is about seeing and changing our processes to improve effectiveness and efficiency, Lean Six Sigma is one of those methodologies that allows us to do transformation by eliminating waste and variation in these very processes. But Lean and Six Sigma are just a few of the tools that OBT has in its toolkit. And I know you talked in, in, uh, when you were describing business transformation, you talked about, uh, how it's relevant to the army, but just, I want you to go a little deeper with in an organization like the army that doesn't create profit. How does, how do we connect a, an idea such as business to what we do in the army? Great question. Um, I often get asked, um, when I'm teaching or speaking, um, is, is, does the army see itself as a business? Is the army a business? And I, my answer is always very specific. No, the army is not a business. However, we must, we do execute the functions of the army using business processes, functions, and practices. We hire people. We pay people. We do supply management. We acquire goods and services. All of those are business functions. Keep in mind that the Army is a $180 billion enterprise with over 1.4 million employees with a budget of approximately $173 billion a year. So as an enterprise of that size, it is impossible to run off of a singular process or activity. Therefore, the Army must create managers who can lead and leaders who can manage because there are two different skill sets there. And we've been very good at creating leaders that's in all of our doctrine, all of our regulations. But to date, there is no management doctrine for the Army. So we've got to find a way to bridge that gap. I would argue, I, I watched a movie the other day called The Founder. 
in which one of the consultants to McDonald's in this case said, you don't know what business you're in. If you get a chance, check that movie out. It's a very, very good movie because it speaks to understanding what my true mission is, what my true role is. Most people will tell you, and I agree with, the role of the Army is to kill bad things. I got it. Go kill bad things and move on. But in order to do that, not everyone is at the tip of the spear. And I would argue that most Army leaders don't know what business they are in. Most don't know how to provide, how they provide value to their customers or who, in fact, their customers are. So that is a learned process. But those are mostly management processes of education and training. But when I say business, again, I don't mean in the sense of for profit. We mean it in the sense of internal functioning, how the operation of the organization runs every day. How do we do our job step by step? And all of these requirements require education of leaders, managers, and followers. And those are three key roles that every person in the Army, every civilian, every military, regardless of rank, has to be able to understand how they operate within those three roles in order for the Army to be more effective moving forward. And that, that, those are some great points. And uh, it kind of brings me to uh, a question that I'd like to ask you, and it's kind of bringing it down, down home to folks in our uh, Leader Up audience uh, who are maybe at the GS uh, 13 level, and they're a supervisory budget analyst at a Army Depot somewhere at Picatinny or Corpus Christi or Red River Depot or someplace like that. How is business transformation relevant to that person? I had a chance to speak at the uh, Army Advanced course about a year ago, and I asked the question, why did you get promoted to your current grade? Um, And the point I was trying to make is we are promoted based upon potential, be we military or civilian. Someone saw the opportunity to leverage what we knew and, and bring that into their organization to improve the organization, not to maintain it as status quo. Every member of the Army, be they military or civilian, has a management responsibility over something, be it the work they do, the hand, what they do hands-on every day, or the team they lead who do the work. So being able to, to, uh, to be able to understand that and be able to see now those processes that I have responsibility to either do or to manage or to lead then I have to be able to understand how to see that and how to improve that. So we must educate and train on ways to better see the processes that they manage, understand the opportunities to improve them, then be able to execute a time-tested methodology like a Lean Six Sigma, like business process reengineering or something of that nature, but be able to actually execute based on the training we have provided to them so that it can actually solve the problem to improve the organization. Think about it this way, a simple analogy. If I have a stopped up toilet in my house, I don't call an electrician. I either get a plunger or call a plumber. If, but I know that because I've been educated or trained. We have not done a sufficient job, in my opinion, of training our leaders, civilian leaders, as good managers. We train them. We try to make all of our civilian leaders leaders. And we turn them to leadership training. But now we're starting to develop um, more management-type functional training. um, And we're having great success on that. Uh, And that's that's an interesting point. You've you've talked a couple of times about uh, management uh, versus leadership. And so I'm just going to ask you, uh, 
do you consider or does the Office of Business Transformation consider this idea of business transformation to be more of a management function or is it more of a leadership function? And you can't say it's both. (laughs) I was going to start with that, but I won't start with that. I'll come back to that because in a sense, it has to be a, a marriage between the two where leadership focuses on two primary functions, externally and in and in regards to the development of people, and management deals with the internal functions of the enterprise. So as I said earlier, leaders who manage and managers who lead. So there's a role uh, or a marriage between the two roles that is imbued in all of us to some degree or the other. So every single member of the enterprise must play one of those two roles, and I'll add one more. We're either leading, managing, or following. And if we understand the capacity we have to do each of those three, when each of those three is applicable, at some point, I need to be a follower. The boss says, we're going to go this way. I've made my point to him. He's in charge. He has the authority. I execute. I'm operating as a follower. And I understand that. But there are some times when there's a challenge upon us and the boss wants something solved. I need to put on my management hat and figure out how to do it. What are the functions that support it? Who are the stakeholders? What are the processes? What are the systems that are imbued into it? And understand that those internal functionings, those are managers' functions. And at some point, I maybe have to have a team put together that team and now now operate into my leader role. By playing these roles effectively, every single member member supports the organization's core end-to-end processes, whether that be hired to retire, uh, procured to pay, whatever that process is, but ultimately tied to the Army's core end-to-end process, deploy, redeploy, retrograde, putting boots on the ground, defeating our adversaries, and bringing them back home. I looked at uh, the Office of Business Transformation's website uh, doing a little bit of research for this podcast, and I came across uh, something and I'd like you to address it if you can uh, and just tell our leader up audience a little bit more about it. And it's the Army Business Core Principles. What are those and what? why are they relevant to, to folks out, out in the Army? Good question. Now, the principles you will see are the core functions um, of Army Office of Business Transformation are a little bit different than how I want to speak to what I see as business transformation core principles. Principles in our opinion, in order to be effective, must be relevant to all members of the organization, be you military, civilian, whether you're a warfighter or support personnel. They have to be able to see themselves in these principles in order to be able to operate within them. The the big principle for the Army has always been use speed, surprise, and economy of effort to defeat our competition. Very high level. I like the fact that um, Carl Clausewitz, um, we, we call him Dead Carl in school usually, a widely renowned um, strategic theorist, believe that war and business share a good deal of similarities and that both involve, a, in that, both involve a clash of interests. So using those insights, I would offer that there are seven principles that apply both in war and in the business strategy world. And the first one is the principle of objective. Every action must have a clearly defined and actionable goal. That's the first principle of any effective strategy. Understand where you're headed, what right looks like, and what is the goal when we get there. We often get um, criticized for not having an end game 
um, when we go into activities. Um, and so that's important that we have a, that principle of objective. Uh, the second principle is the principle of offensive. Business like war is an intense fight for survival. I often ask um, the students when I talk to them, who are your competitors? Anyone who has a requirement for funding or resources is technically a competitor, but we don't see them like that in the business world. The survival requires that you be able to be on the offensive, understanding your objectives, understanding your processes, understanding the resources available, understanding where you're headed. We are constantly making adjustments to the, our technology in the Army, across the military, our processes and our organizations to sustain that competitive advantage against those who would do us harm. The third principle is the principle of mass. It's about concentrating your power, in our, in our case, the business side of the house, your resources at the right place and the right time. Recently, the Army stood up a brand new command called the Army Futures Command. There was a recognition that we had a need to, to, to acquire technology and uh, um, tools and capabilities faster. And so we needed to mass the functions and those resources to concentrate on that effort. That's a good example of how the Army has walked into the principle of mass. Next is the principle of maneuver. This is about always being flexible. Uh, we can't get into the point where uh, status quo is always acceptable because the world and the environments that we operate in are always changing. So we must remain flexible and have enough maneuverability to continue to pursue innovative and creative ways to, to better serve our customers. Then there's the element of surprise. And this one's um, a little bit unique in that the most common and classic mistake that most businesses make in the private sector is to become too predictable. Okay, this doesn't necessarily mean that you need to introduce a new brand, a brand new service or a product continually, but it means that you must be focused on understanding the environment you're in and have an eye toward the future so that you can be first to market, as the private sector would say. But in our case, ahead of our adversaries so that we can be there earlier than they are. Then there are two others, the principle of security. Um, we know that our cyber adversaries are extremely busy. So we're always looking for better ways to protect our valuable assets and resources. Our competitors are always on the lookout for our, any of our vulnerabilities, which they could exploit to take advantage. So the principle of security has to be front and foremost. And then the last one is I like what Klauswitz says. He says, everything in war is simple, but, in this, but the simplest thing is difficult. The difficulties accumulate at the end by producing a kind of friction that is inconceivable unless one has experienced war. We don't know how complex something is until we get into it. And so as we go and we learn as a good strategic leader, we have to make several decisions as we plan ahead, moving forward. What's important, however, is that these plans remain clear, succinct, and easy to understand if they are to be executed without issue. I often ask the class, have you ever been in a room where the colonel or the general or the senior civilian walks in, pounds on the desk, pouts on what his concerns are, and says, I want an answer by noon, four hours from now? What usually happens? Chaos and dysfunction. The problem doesn't get solved because the perspective is not simple, is not simply stated in an actionable way in which the staff can actually act upon it. So these are the seven principles that I think best function and also align to how we think about operational uh, aspects of the Army. And that's fascinating because as I'm looking at that list, I, I jotted them down 
they look a lot like uh, battlefield operating systems or tenets of airland battle or something like that. It's things that folks would study in a tactical course. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thanks for sharing those. And I can find those if I if I'm in the uh, leader up audience out there. I can look at the uh, OBT website and find out a little bit more about those. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, um, Doctor Brandon, thank you. That's uh, fascinating. I'm, I'm going to keep you here in case I want you to talk a little bit more about our next topic because I know you're involved in it as well. But uh, for the audience out there, we're going to switch gears. We're going to go from talking about uh, business transformation as kind of a standalone topic to something that we're doing here in Army Management Staff College, which is a course that is organized around this topic of business transformation. And I'm going to bring in our other guest, uh, Dr. Larry Wilson. Uh, Dr. Wilson, thanks for uh, hanging around and talking about this. So the course is informally known around here as Cecil BT. And so just tell our audience what that means and kind of what the course is all about. Well, thanks, David, for having me in. Cecil BT is short for Continuing Education for Senior Leaders Business Transformation. And many people are out in the audience are familiar with CISO, Continuing Education for Senior Leaders. Uh, this is an initiative to get after, uh, as Dr. Brandon talked about, the ability to manage effectively and play that role as a manager effectively uh, because we lack. Uh, doctrine associated with Army management and how to manage uh, organizations in the Army. We've developed this course to account for some of those knowledge shortfalls uh, among senior leaders in our Army or or advanced people in our Army. And it's really, uh, it's a 40-hour course that's delivered primarily uh, in the virtual environment uh, that's comprised of eight lessons. We, uh, one of the lessons is complex adaptive systems. All of our Army civilians uh, and our green suit compatriots in the profession uh, work in complex adaptive systems. So we do a, a block on complex adaptive systems and, and what each person's complex adaptive system looks like. Uh, you heard Dr. Brandon speak to integrated management systems. There's a block designed for it. Uh, there's a block that gives an overview of continuous process improvement. You heard Dr. Brandon mention both Lean and Six Sigma, uh, but we also cover Kaizen, Uh, which some people may not be familiar with, and total quality management, which some of our older folks have been around the Army for a day or two have heard of. Uh, You heard Dr. Brandon say that most leaders don't know what business they're in. Uh, I would echo that uh, to include many of the folks that we work with on a daily basis. And so we teach a lesson on end-to-end processes and basically teach the student how to come to grips with what it is their core end-to-end process is and how they provide value to their customers. There's a block that's uh, on business process reengineering that's tied to enterprise change management. And so we delve into both of those topics. And finally, because we are becoming a data-driven organization in the Army, we have a block on data synthesis and evaluation, and then taking that data that we synthesize or make sense of and use it to create indicators, metrics, and measures. So eight lessons spread out over a 40-hour course that cost you about 10 hours a week of your time and nothing more delivered in a virtual environment. And the great way that the course is structured is it allows you to stay plugged into your day job while going to class for half a day, one day a week over four weeks. And so if I, if I 
am enrolled in Cecil BT. I just want to clarify, um, it's the, the length is the total length is 40 hours, but if I'm, I'm in class, it lasts for four weeks and that's basically half a day, uh, each week. Is that correct? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a, it's a andragogical model that we use that's designed for adult learners. Uh, you're not going to sit in class like you did in high school for 40 straight hours. Uh, you're going to do some readings on your own time. You're going to be involved in the discussion board uh, at a time you see fit. Uh, you're going to join us in class for a half a day on Wednesday morning for four weeks. It's going to take about five, five and a half hours. And then we're going to give you some application exercises to develop your own portfolio as it relates to your enterprise that you can take back home with you and then work from once you return there. So we ask you for 10 hours a week. That's your cost. Um, we ask you to give us 10 good hours a week over a four-week period to total up for 40 hours. And I, I know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, we, we started this course uh, back in 2019, uh, I believe, and uh, it was at that time it was done face to face. So uh, this course was done face to face. Now we're doing it and we're recording this in the summer of uh, 2021. It's virtual now. So is it going to stay virtual or is it is it possible that this would uh, return to a face to face format? Yeah, David, that's a great question. And we've, we've surveyed the audience. We've had about 150 graduates of Cecil BT, and we've surveyed the students who've been to it. And by about a 90% mark, most of them prefer the virtual environment because it allows them to stay plugged into their day job. It also allows for rapid transferability of what you learn in class to your home enterprise. If you were to come to Fort Leavenworth, we'd put you in a classroom with 16 other people, We'd set you up there for 40 straight hours, and then we'd send you home at the end of a week. The alternative, and, and on every break from class, you'd be walking outside checking your cell phone or trying to dial, on, dial into your email to keep track of what's going on at your enterprise back home. All of the Cecil BT students are senior folks, and they have responsibilities. You heard Dr. Branson talking about the processes that they run and the people that they lead. Uh, back home. And as a result, they try to stay plugged into their day job while finding time on the margin to take a course like Cecil BT. And about 90% of the students we surveyed said they prefer that as opposed to us locking them in a room for 40 hours uh, and taking them out of their enterprise for an entire week. So uh, that's kind of the, rate, the way the course has gone. It's received some really great reviews from people who've taken it. Uh, in fact, we're booked at 125% uh, for the next year in advance. So right now, if you wanted to take Cecil Business Transformation, uh, we'd have to put you on a wait list, um, it, or we could enroll you in a virtual seat that's locked in uh, sometime in June 2022. So uh, it's a high-demand course uh, that the students have found to be of tremendous value to them. So um, and it's designed for people who are adult learners who can control their own time, uh, but don't want to be locked into a classroom for 40 straight hours. And so let's, let's go right down into uh, an organization and let's say that I'm a, a GS 13 or 14 or whatever budget uh, supervisor um, at an army depot. 
and uh, I'm considering taking this Cecil BT course, what am I going to do in the course that is going to help me be better at my job or help my organization improve? Yeah, that's a great question to ask. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to diagram the complex adaptive system where you work. Uh, if you really want to know how a complex adaptive system or how your place of business runs, diagram it out. So we're going to ask you to do that first. Then we're going to ask you to diagram out the business process, starting with your core process, of how you provide value to your customers. If you're that budget analyst, you're in budget to report. And so we're going to ask you to diagram out how budget to report works inside your organization. Once you've done that, then we're going to ask you to identify the metrics that are associated with the effective execution of that process and what metrics we should be looking for to determine whether or not our process is both efficient, meaning it has a high, a high ratio of usable work in it, and effective. Does it meet the goal of what we're looking for? Does it achieve what we want it to achieve? And at the end, we're going to ask you to re-engineer that process and diagram it out the way that it should be working, what we call the 2B process. And finally, at the end, we're going to have you identify your stakeholders and plot them on a power grid and develop some change nudges that allow you to implement change in regards to your core process when you get back to your enterprise. So at a macro level, that's what your portfolio, which is the deliverable for the course, is going to be comprised of. And I, I can only imagine that uh, when people start uh, laying out those processes like that, uh, they it, it probably becomes obvious to them where the where the gaps or inconsistencies are uh, or where the, the, the holdups are in, in their organizations. And so who who are the actual instructors? who teach this course? Yeah, so we've got uh, a couple people with PhDs in uh, management uh, that are that instruct some of the lessons. We also have uh, folks from the Office of Business Transformation who are experts in both integrated management systems who teach that block, and as well as folks from the Business Process Reengineering Center of Excellence out of Fort Meade who teach the BPR block. So it's a combination of PhD-level folks and uh, both Dr. Brandon and I will tell you that we designed the course to give the students the things that we wish we had gotten in our PhD work. And then we combine that with the expertise of folks out of OBT and the Business Process Center, um, Business Process Reengineering Center of Excellence, uh, to give the students graduate level learning on key management concepts that allow them to perform that role of manager to a very high level, because that is where the Army's sustained competitive advantage comes from. Okay, and uh, Dr. Brandon, uh, you, you're one of the instructors, and you also helped design this course. So is there anything that, that you want to add about this uh, at this point? Yeah, David, one other quick comment I would like to make is, beyond just being instructors, the students have reach-back ability to every instructor, every SME that, that is brought to the class. 
Oftentimes, I'll hear from students about something they're working on that might fall into my level of expertise or another level of expertise that they have more questions on. And that's what I think is also the additional value of the course. It's not just about attending the course, but it's about solving an actual challenge for your organization. But at the same time, while you're working through that, we understand challenge overcoming takes time and it's a journey. It's not a sprint. So it takes time. And having that reach back ability to the instructors, be it Jen Moots, um, Larry Wilson, Chuck Brandon, or whomever it is, they can ask more clarifying questions or ask for help that we provide them to work within their organization to overcome those challenges. Okay, uh, thank you for that. And um, Dr. Wilson, I wanted to go back to a term that you threw out earlier because uh, I've heard it and I don't know what it means. And uh, I'm wondering how many folks in the Leader Up audience know, and it's Kaizen or Kaizen. Just tell, tell us a little bit more about what that is and, and how it's relevant to business transformation. Sure. So Kaizen originated in Japan, Um Back in the efficiency model days, when they were trying to improve efficiency in Japan, it's named after um, a Japanese business leader, and it it details change methodologies in about four different ways. Uh, first is what we call a point kaizen, which most of us will know as an immediate fix to some sort of a process glitch that we might have. Uh, the second one is a line kaizen, where we might change the way that something is performed in terms of the sequence of steps in order to improve it. So you're making changes down the line, so to speak. Now, the second one is a plain Kaizen, where we might make the same change in multiple processes across the organization. Thereby, if we have similar processes, when we change one, we change them all to reflect it. So that's right. That's basically what we call a plain Kaizen. And then finally, the last one is what we call a cube Kaizen, which I want you to equate with a major overhaul of an organization that changes the makeup of the entire cube uh, that is comprised of all the smaller squares. So uh, Kaizen is a business process improvement methodology, uh, much like Lean, which focuses on removing non-value added activities, and Six Sigma, which is designed to remove variance. Uh, and it's also similar to total quality management in the way that it's performed. So we teach you all four of those as part of the continuous process improvement lesson in Cecil BT. And so it sounds like this this course, this Cecil BT course, is is not just theoretical or learning the principles, but it's taking the principles and applying them to my real and actual organization. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's spot on, David. And, and that's what is so revolutionary or enlightening about the course that people find immediate utility in what they're taught because all of the products that they deliver or all the products they, they build for their deliverables, uh, all of the things they build in the application exercises are tailored for their organization. So when they walk out of Cecil BT or they graduate virtually from Cecil BT, they immediately have products that are usable in their home enterprise. Now, Dr. Brandon mentioned it earlier that we, we normally hear from students who've been uh, through Cecil BT. I would tell you that I have heard from at least half of the students that we've had in some form or fashion of another 
of some product that they developed in Cecil BT that they're now using in their home enterprise. Okay, well, you've you've got me convinced, and you probably have convinced a lot of other folks out in the Leader Up audience. So, if I want to attend Cecil BT, what do I have to do or be? Uh, understanding that there's now a wait because of your uh, filled up rosters, but what 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 does a a potential student have to do or be uh, in order to to go through Cecil BT? Right. So the currently Cecil BT is a pilot initiative, so it's not listed on ATARs or charters. So the, the one thing you want to do is not go there. Um, the best way to get enrolled in the class is simply to reach out to me by v, via email uh, at Lawrence, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, Lawrence dot D dot Wilson, conventional spelling, dot Civ at mail dot mail. Lawrence dot d dot wilson dot civ at mail dot mail and i'll and i'll turn it over to dr brandon you can also uh reach out to him yeah uh, if you so desire so chuck if you'd like to to give him your email address that'd be great but yeah. to get into the class you're going to have to email us directly at this point because the course itself is not offered in charters we do hope that uh, um in 22 we'll be able to put it in charters and atars so you can go in and register online but my email is charles dot t thomas dot brandon dot siv at mail dot mail i repeat that charles dot t dot brandon dot siv at mail dot mail okay thank you gentlemen for that and i'll ask uh, producer chad to uh post your email addresses when we actually physically post this podcast and it'll be available for folks who are listening to this podcast well, that, that's pretty much uh, the discussion that I wanted to have about uh, business transformation and, and Cecil BT. Let me just uh, get any final thoughts. And let me start with you, Dr. Brandon. Is there anything about business transformation that our Leader Up audience needs to know or Cecil BT that I haven't asked you about? No, I think, uh, Dave, we've covered it all. I would just remind the audience that business transformation – is often equated with disruption. Um, so as we go through the change management process associated with business transformation, um, not everybody's going to be happy. So you have to be prepared for that and be have a little bit of a thick skin. So it's complex, but it is worth it in the end. So I'm, I've enjoyed the conversation. And I appreciate you having me, Dave. Okay. Thank you, uh, Dr. Chuck Brandon. I really do appreciate it. And uh, good to hear from you again. And uh, Dr. Larry Wilson, I'll, I'll go back to you. Is, is there anything about uh, business transformation or Cecil BT that uh, we haven't talked about that our Leader Up audience needs to know or understand? Yeah, you know, David, I'd like to close with pointing out that we all, uh, be a civilian or green suit, are working in an organization that has an anti-management bias. And I think we can attribute that bias back to the legacy of the Vietnam War. I would tell you that management sometimes in the Army is treated as a dirty word, but it is something that we have to be good at because, as Dr. Brandon pointed out, we can't lead, we can't run a Fortune 14.5 company, which is what the Army is, with a $181 billion budget with 1.4 million people on a singular process of leadership. 
So therefore, we have to be good at management and we have to get better at it because becoming better at management is what will yield sustained competitive advantage for our Army going forward into 2035. So do not fall for the anti-management bias that we have. Don't adopt it. And let's work to make the Army function at its most effective and efficient level that we can because our nation's security depends on it. Okay, thank you. And thank you both, uh, Dr. Chuck Brandon from the Office of Business Transformation and Dr. Larry Wilson from Army Management Staff College. Uh, thank both of you gentlemen for, for being with us today on Leader Up. And uh, Leader Up audience, now you know a little bit more about business transformation and uh, the Cecil BT course. And so please join us again next time for another edition of Leader Up. This is your host, David Howie. As always, if you have any questions or feedback or would like to learn more about our podcast, please check the description for our email and for our website. Thanks for listening.